0: appreciate those guys in the sound booth don't you I mean I don't run around like I used to but but you know to keep that camera I mean it's, I'm sure it's, they're probably tired when they leave here today I'm going to share something and I've been trying to do this lately share some things out of my own experiences that can help you and your experience and your walk you know that's what fathers do they they help redeem your time so you don't have to go through the same mistakes I know some people are hard-headed, and, and they're going to, you know, do what they got to do, but you don't have to do it. Playing golf the other day with a guy, and the guy hits the ball in the woods, hits it in the, in the bunker, and and hits the ball on the green, and hits like a 50-foot putt, and it goes in the hole. I said, you know, there's easier ways to get par than that. You know, it's a, there's a simpler way. I've heard it said that when a man tries to do too many things, that he's, he will be a bigger failure than somebody does nothing we get so into all these different things and we get ourselves spread out so thin i think it's important for us to focus on certain things the important things i don't want to say just one thing because you can have more than one thing you just don't have, need to have too many things too many irons in the fire as they say but likewise a man who wants too many things will become unhappier than the man who has nothing a man who wants too many things, will become unhappier than the man who has nothing. You know, I told you before, and I was raised, and when it comes to church, most pastors that I know, we we were all brainwashed to worship big. It had to be a big this, a bigger that, a big, 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 big money, big people, big, big, big everything. And really, it caused us to have an entire validation dependent upon and resting on bottom line how many people how much money and i still have pastors call me and they really that's what they want to know how you doing johnny what's going on blah 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 but really they want to know how many people and how much money i always tell them lots of people lots of money that's what it is because they will judge themselves by that sadly we become we have become daydreamers we always have as, as a pastor or a preacher and i'm talking about anybody in the ministry like that and you can relate this to your own world and and what you're doing maybe your business your job your what whatever it may be what you have then you were always looking for the next great move of god oh we're going to have the move of god where millions are going to be saved, thousands and thousands and millions the whole world's going to get saved that's universalism basically always Needing more, more people, more money, money, to satisfy something. More this, more that. Even though in the Bible, the Bible says that only few shall find it. And I know what the word few means. I looked it up. In the Greek, it means not very many. But oh, we're going to have this worldwide revival, and everybody's going to be saved. See, this is what I have learned. And I hope you can learn from this. That worshiping big was and is nothing more than sinful flesh being driven by pride, by covetousness, and by by ambition. You know how many guys quit the ministry? How many guys are committing suicide? How many guys are depressed and lonely in the ministry? You know that? You know why? Because they're trying to attain something that's not attainable. They're trying to achieve something that's not achievable. God never promised it, but it. We're going to have a big church if I have to pay you to come. You know what my son told me? He said that what you do now, you pay for friends. Or what do you call it when somebody likes you? What do you call that? Huh? Likers? <laughs> They're likers. <laughs> yeah, followers, followers. People, people pay for followers. A lot of them for, are from other countries, you know, uh, uh, foreign countries and like that, but they have all these followers. You know, Will Thompson just wrote this new song, man. It was, he makes fun of country music. You know, he said you got to have a pickup truck, tailgate, dirt road, uh, roll tide, a little bit of Jesus. And, you know, it's a good song. You should look it up. It's a good song. He's got a little national notoriety out of it. But, but what we have is we have this stuff where, where he told me, and he says it in the song, where you buy followers. And I tell you, I almost didn't come to church Easter Sunday. Oh, I didn't come, did I? i got to tell you where I was. Y'all thought I, my wife was on our anniversary trip, but I'm going to tell you what we did. We had to go to that church that was giving away $250 gift cards. If you were sitting in the right seat, they had the money taped under the bottom, that gift card under the bottom. You could win a, a vacation to a resort in Acapulco for two or one week. You could, what else do they have? One more thing. Or a cash prize of $5,000, something like that. And I, talk, I will say this. Look, if you could throw in like a dinner for two at Chick-fil-A and a Starbucks card, I'm coming. <laughs> we, we have a big giveaway every Sunday here. What we do, we come and give away our lives to God. But people, they get paid to come. Oh, my God. But I know the thing, they have, they're feeding this thing in them that was put on them, and it's, they're grown now, and, it, and you can't blame it on nobody else, but I want to tell you, that's the measure by which a man sees himself, bigger car, bigger trucks. I was with a guy one time, it's when one of those new trucks came out, this was when it wasn't new, but it was like this big pickup truck, it was like a, it almost looked like a tractor-trailer pickup truck, and the guy looked at me and looked at that guy, and he said, you win, you win. I pray. This is my prayer. This is what God's saying to us as we're preparing. I believe when I know the angels were coming to expose the tares, let me tell you what I found out. God's mercy is giving us opportunity now to get some things right before we're cut off. Thank you. Worshiping big. I pray that we're going to be delivered from ungodly, ungodly ambition. Not ambition, not good ambition, you know, I mean, people that get up every morning and go to work and ambitions, that's a good ambition. But the ungodly, and be found faithful, and be will be fulfilled in what? The simplicity of our God-given portion. When you get beyond the grace of God on your life, you're going to walk in heaviness. It's going to be too heavy for you. Your burdens are too heavy. Took me a long time to, to really purge myself and I still get visitations from this, this feeling. But I learned years ago that Yahweh is all the big that I'm ever going to need. I remember when I left Lakeland, Florida, I was offered a job in a church there. It was Carpenter's Home Church is what it was. And I, I had worked with the youth there some and all that. And I didn't believe that was God's purpose for me. And I wound up in a little church. In Baghdad, Florida. Dude, I thought they was going to give me some of these curly-toe shoes, throw in a magic carpet and Aladdin's magic lamp, and I'll take the job. Baghdad, Florida is 11 miles east of Pensacola, right next to Milton. little bitty church. So I was invited back. Me and Bevy got married, and we went to that church. I was invited back to Lakeland to do a Sunday night service at the Carpenter's Home Church, which was Lakeland First Assembly. And this is what I said probably didn't really... I knew it was the truth, but I hadn't really allowed it to envelop me in my mind and and let me have the peace and the joy of what this means. And this is what I said. I found out that serving, uh, being, being big time isn't being in a big time church. It's serving a big time God. It's taken me years to really get that infiltrated into my core beliefs that I really believe that because I was still had residue of what it meant, what somebody else labeled, what they said success was. And if I didn't feel successful because I didn't live up to what they put on me, then I would never be able to have real happiness. You know what I mean? I just wasn't quite making the grade. We come to church. And I think it's a process that we have to have because that's the way God designed it. The ecclesia, the body. And we come to church, and one of the main purposes we come to church for is to examine ourselves. Now, i got to tell you, I am constantly in the mode of judging my actions and, and judging my here, Listen to this: my motives. Because I want to know, why did I do that? Why did I do that? Why did I want that? Why did I say that? Why, what, is my, what are my motives? And if I know that if I don't get to the root of the matter, that I'm doomed, I'm doomed to repeat bearing the fruit of that same root again and again and again. I was always good at cutting the vine, but I never got to the root. And if you don't take care of that root, then you will always have fruit. i got to tell you this. I don't know why God did it this way. I think it is a, has a, a uh, lesson for us. You can't kill weeds. You can look at your grass, your grass died, it's dead. And these weeds are growing up, man. They're just so strong and green. And I mean, look, we ain't had rain in two years here just about now. And, there's, and my, my yard's full of weeds with stickers in them. I'm like, why? You know, you, we have those uh, weeds from hell, those vine things at our house. They, dry up, they dry, uh, grow up through our hedge in the front. It's like a vine. I'm talking about, and it's strong enough to grow out of the ground through those holly bushes, up through there. And it'll take up and get on the side of my house and take off. It's going to heaven. A weed. And you know what you do? You get down there. I mean, I used to, I used to fight with them and, and cuss at them and stuff. And I thought there were demons then. And I would grab that, and you'd grab it, and it'd pull you down. And you pull. I'm not exaggerating much. And then it would break off right at a little, at a little joint, wouldn't it? And you, then you would fall down in that little joint. But never get to the root it always break to that joint. No, don't, don't you hate those things, man? I'm in mean, there with a shovel. Back, bring them back, backhoe. I mean, my house fell into this big hole we dug trying to get that. No, I, I, I'm getting carried away. And guess what? It wasn't oh, almost overnight. Well, I'm from Georgia. We have kudzu vines. They grow one foot a day, one foot a day. These things, man, I got to get to the root of it, or I'm going to be pulling and fighting and wrestling with that thing the rest of my life. I'm constantly judging these things. So, I've been on this thing, I was outside, you know, and just relaxing and meditating and thinking and letting God speak to me and trying to learn some things. And something happened to me, I'm going to tell you about today, that really started messing with me. uh, But I want to say this first I know what the root of my problem is. Listen close to me it's the love of money. Johnny, you love money? Evidently. Because the Bible says, all of this stuff in me, all that bears fruit, all evil, the root of all evil is the love of money. It says it was money. It says the love of money. You know, there is a disease, this is a medical disease for people who get too much money. I was going to bring the name of it and all that, but see, most people don't believe that. Well, just let me try it, I'll see if I can do it or not. One of the worst things... I think that's happened in the American church is the replacement of the true gospel and the replacement of the true governmental gifts. And I'm telling you, this year, we're going to go, we're going to talk more about government if I'm seeing things correctly. We're going to talk about government. See, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, or teaching pastors, they ain't ain't government. Apostles and prophets, that's government. They're the ones who'll say, no, we're not going to do that. No, be quiet. No, we're going to not sin anymore. Stop doing what you're doing. Behave yourself. Let's serve God. That's what government does. And most people don't like government in their lives. So instead of apostles and prophets, true ones, we have administrators, we have architects, and we have entrepreneurs who have started ministries or who are in the ministry. But these men are void of the true pattern and are simply imitators of another's business plan if it seems successful. i got to tell you, if somebody, got, what, what was what was that first? Agner is what's Agner? Agner's a, a like a, a purse, right? That The first expensive purse that I ever saw was called Agner, and it was probably hundred dollars then. People pay fifteen thousand dollars for purpose, purses now. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. A hundred dollar Agner. This is like in the eighties, maybe or eighties, I think. Anyhow. All of a sudden, like a wildfire, everybody got Agner Persis. When, when things like, uh, uh, what, what's the church in Australia that just got exposed, all the junk in them and all, the big church, you know? huh? Hillsong. Hillsong, Hillsong Church, man. <laughs> no joke. Oh, look what happened to them. No joke. Skinny jeans. Whew, like wildfire. I remember a guy told me, he said, I'll tell you what, we're Radical Church. He said, we don't even wear ties on Sunday night anymore. <laughs> I said, wow, you guys are on cutting edge, aren't you? All of a sudden now, same kind of music, the same songs, the same everything. They see a business pattern. They see Chick-fil-A. And then now all of a sudden, McDonald's got a chicken sandwich. Now, uh, Captain, Captain Crunch, <laughs> Captain, <laughs> Colonel Sanders, Captain what okay y'all got me so here we have these people they see this business plan of another it seems successful which this is how it relates to preachers and it's their fault but it it was put in us like it is you more money and more people i'm successful what these businessmen have done is they've turned the house of god into a den of thieves and they should repent step down quit masquerading a As apostles, start you a real business and bring your money to the feet of a real apostle. Excuse me. assure you, they're going to have moral problems. Every single one of those preachers who love money. Have you not seen it? I said, have you not seen it? Where do we start? Where do we start? Google it. Where do we start? Immorality. Out the yin-yang. Drunkenness being unfaithful, adultery, fornication, lying, covetousness, every sin is exposed because these people have the love of money. Why is it that people have all these problems with sin after we've been saved? Love of money. That's what the Bible says. It says all evil. I assure you, the root in the man is the love of money. His life and character will always be filled with lying, fornication, adultery, drunkenness. And can I go on and just quote Galatians 5, the manifestations of the flesh? There's a young man who isn't young anymore, but when he was a pretty young man, he came to our church, his wife came, his children. I knew him since he was 15 years old. He was a busboy at a little restaurant called The Captain's Table in Silver Springs, which is something else now. I don't know what it is now. I'm sure he's probably 55, 56. He loved money. He made money. He started his own business. He made a lot of money. He lusted money. See, back then I thought lust was multifaceted. Okay, if you lust this, you, gotta, you get all the lust. You, if you lust this, you're going to have lust for that. You're going to have lust for this. And I'm not saying that's totally wrong, but it's tweaked a little bit in the fact. See, I thought the love of money was one of the lust, like adultery was. And God spoke to me one day and he invited me to lunch and I sat at the lunch table with him. I looked across the table, I said, If you don't stop loving money like you do inordinately, and let, and, and within one year's time you will be in an adulterous relationship. He said, I don't believe that. I said, I just, I'm the messenger. To the week, one year later, I was at the same restaurant and sitting there with him and he was confessing to me that he had worked in Orlando and he had found a woman there and he put her up in an apartment and they were having an adulterous relationship. Fortunately, he repented. During that time, he and his wife got divorced. I don't want to give all the details of that, but one day they came back to our living room and I remarried them in our living room. Only... For them to again fall away a year later or so. The love of money is the root of all lust, all sin, all evils, if we're going to believe the Bible. You know, there's a, there's a, uh, all these different laws, you know, I try to read up on stuff, I like, you know, the law of attraction, the law of this, the law of that, and the law of that, and the law of this, whatever. You know, I, I feel like this, you know, I've, I've read the Bible enough, and I've studied the Bible, and I look at Song of Solomon, and I like who Solomon was, and I noticed the verbiage of what Solomon talks about. Matter of fact, when I was a kid, they told me, don't read the book of Solomon because it's so sexually oriented. So I'm reading that. You know, they weren't going to stop me. I, I read that and smoked a cigarette while I was doing it. You know, <laughs> you know they, hey, hey, you shouldn't have told me that. You should have said, yeah, that's dull. Beer over here, cigarette, and Song of Solomon. <laughs> well, Solomon wasn't that smart of a guy to me. He learned things the hard way until he found out, finally, in Ecclesiastes, that everything is vanity and vexation of spirit. That's what he said. I said, now this guy's smart, but he wasn't so smart with all this other stuff. I tell people this, I say, you know, he wasn't that smart, he had, but he had, he became smart, but he had a woman problem. It wasn't that he didn't have enough women, he had tons of women, but all the way in the 31st chapter, this is what question he says, who can find a virtuous woman? I'm like, well, I'm smarter than him because I did. Here we are, the smartest guy in the world, but he has these issues, and maybe I just look at things different. I, I was talking to a guy like that. He, it made him so mad that I said, Solomon wasn't that smart. Because he thinks that I think I'm smarter than Solomon. Well, I am right now. That's what I told him. I am right now. He said, how you figured it out? I said, he's dead. I'm smarter than a dead man. I ain't too smart, but I'm smarter than that, ain't a Johnny? So I got this law. Sorry, I got off on rabbit trail. This law called, you know, like law of attraction. But this is what I believe. That like attract like (laughs) you get do you get two people in church one can be sitting on this side and one can be sitting way over that side and they'll get a they'll find an attraction and they'll they'll hook up sometimes (laughs) the law suggests that similar things are attracted to one another gator fans you know georgia fan gator fan Yeah, there's a guy who i have watched before because I got to tell you, man, I, you know, I watch Bill Gaither. I did, I sit there, I'll cry, you know. <laughs> not, not really, but kind of really. The spirit of nostalgia is a powerful thing. Lot's wife syndrome. She looked back at Sodom and Gomorrah, and in her heart, that's what she really wanted. So there's a guy on TV. I think he's a great speaker. He knows his craft. He knows what he's talking about. And i've known of this guy for many 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 years i never met him which is unusual because i've met a lot of preachers big time preachers whatever what you want to call them. and this guy would they would always bring him in to raise money telethons but i was always there was always something bothered me about this guy but what he said enticed me like man this guy is i wrote him a check for thousand dollars sent it to him right then i didn't really but he made me want to send him a $1000 seed because he told me how rich it was going to make me basically it appealed to something in me even though I felt that was something wrong i'm going to say i'm not going to say the guy's name but i was meditating all this week and i was kind of because this guy popped up on on a a video and and he's talking about millions of dollars and millionaires and billions of dollars. And A millionaire is nothing compared to a billionaire. And I got this guy, and I got the favor of God so I could get this, so I could have more money. And we get this, and I have more money. And I, I have three jets, and i did more money. than. And I got a, I got a zebra and a camel at my house and a lion who escaped and all this kind of stuff. And I got three houses, and I named the houses. And I, I mean, his stick is good. It's got that prophetic smell on it that you are going to do stuff like, I name every one of my houses. You know this is the house of casa del fuego and, and if that's a bad word don't get mad at me i don't know what i'm saying i mean this is uh you know uh, i mean it's like he just got it all for anything just and i used to stay up longer than i do now you know they say it's the nine o'clock is the midnight of what you may not used to be midnight sometimes i would watch these programs that people that i knew raising money in their churches and their television ministries, and this guy would start talking, and it pulled on me, and I'm like, I don't like this guy. Something bad, not bad, but something ain't right, whatever, you know. I don't know the guy. I'm not judging for that. I'm just saying, sometimes you can not just be suspicious, but sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell you, eh, stop. Anybody have the Holy Spirit say, don't do that? Huh? So I was like, and I've talked to my wife, you know, we go to lunch or something, I'm like, Blah, 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 I'm talking, I'm trying to get this thing out of me. What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it that's attracting me to him? And Yahweh told me, because you have the same spirit he's got. Even though I don't act on it, because I know it's not right. But there's something that is still a root inside of a man who still thinks he should have a big church, a lot of money, nice cars, big everything, and is not satisfied with God's portion. And until you are, you'll never find righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Because the root of the love of money is everything but that. The root of the Spirit brings you all the stuff that you're trying to buy things to accomplish. I'll hear what I'm saying to you today. So, I say, well, why? <laughs> okay. What is it? And it's a spirit of poverty. See, I already know it. I already know it here. I know it. What would cause a person to get enticed by somebody that's saying this? If you'll just send a thousand dollar seed to me. See the problem is. I know scriptures that he knows. I know the scriptures about thirty six fold. I know scriptures about giving. It shall be given to you. I know those scriptures. I know the truth of it. But it can be true. But have a heart. A wrong heart about it. God will bless you. He wants to bless you. But anything that is not done by faith. Is sin. Hang on this morning. I'm going to tell you what. In America. I've never seen. Hardly so many impoverished people as far as the spirit of poverty. Let me go down here. I want to read this right quick. The poverty ain't poor people. I've talked, I've talked to homeless people. They don't want a house. You hear me? They don't want a mortgage. They don't want a car payment. They don't want insurance. They're just happy as can be. Three teeth. They don't care. And I've talked to homeless people that I think are happier than people that I know have everything they could ever have. Because those People are still wanting something more. It's never enough. Poverty is a condition of always wanting. And if I know this, if I can just get this to, if I can get this, get me some more money, get me some more money here, I'm going to secure money, secure money, got money here, money here, that I'm going to be happy. You're wrong. And we need money. I gave money everywhere I go. It's, what's funny is I'm preaching this message and most people think don't like me preaching about money. There's some people don't like me preaching about giving money and there's some people don't like me preaching about this kind of money. Poverty has the power to control the richest of the rich. And it's not only reserved for the poor. The rich man who wants, who wants, has bigger issues than the poor man who wants. Because the poor, he's only imagining wealth, but the rich have money, but yet they remain impoverished by the deficit of still needing to want something. There are many people who unknowingly, they invite poverty in their lives. I'm making friends with the impoverished. There are shows on TV. We watch these shows on TV of people who are impoverished, even though they got a lot of money, so they got to have this. That house ain't big enough. Let's move out of this house. How many's in your family? Just the two of us. How many square feet you got? 30,000! So This poverty that we, in, we make friends in our minds with the impoverished. We want to identify. We want to be like that. We start acting like that. I gotta tell you this, this is a true story. I had a guy give me a Rolex watch one time. You remember it, Joel? Give me a Rolex a presidential diamond bezel. It was fake, but nobody knew it. And I go to a restaurant, I think I'm gonna have the liver and onions. <laughs> Let's go there today. Let's go. We're gonna have we're gonna have that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm telling you, I've experimented on many times. If you got a gold bezel presidential, diamond bezel presidential Rolex watch. I got to tell you, you should go, you should go hear this song by Jim, no, not Jim Stafford, the other one, Ray Stevens. Jesus wear his Rolex on his television show. I'm going to tell you, it's one of the greatest songs I've ever heard. Poverty? can wear itself off on others. What? You want to be around these people that got this, or this, or I'm going to live that lifestyle, I got to have this. It, it, it'll get rub off on you, man. It'll infect you. It's an attitude. It's a mindset. See, people say, when I say that, they think I mean that they are poor, ain't got nothing. No, I'm talking about they got plenty, but they ain't got enough yet. That is the root of all evil. If you're going to believe the Bible impoverished are always wanting. That includes rich people and poor people. They don't know why they don't ever have enough. And they will certainly never, ever, ever be able to get enough in the areas of what they truly need. What? Healing. Love. Relationships. Peace. Joy. Happiness. All that is the fruit of the Spirit. Not the root. And the fruit of the root of all evil. The love of money... It's the root of all evil. It produces many senseless and harmful desires. Do you hear me? That plunge. There's that people. I mean, there's that word that I used already today. That plunge people into ruin and destruction. And cause them to err from the faith. And it inflicts, and these people will inflict their own selves with many sorrows. All right. I was telling this guy this. And he rebuked me and he didn't rebuke me he just told me I don't agree with that blah 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 I said really you don't agree with it? he said I don't agree with you about that I said well let me let me give you something so I went to first Timothy six <laughs> verse six through ten godliness with contentment is great gain tell your person, person next to you, you say contentment's great gain godliness living for God. for we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of the world But if we have food and clothing, be content with that. Does that go against, does that grate you this morning? You want me to be content with food and clothing and that's it? No, he said, be content with it. That don't mean that's all you're going to have. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation. They fall into a snare. They fall into many senseless and harmful desires That plunge people into ruin and destruction. This is Paul trying to counsel his spiritual son Timothy. For the love of money is the root of all evil. And some translation says evils. It is through this love of money that some have wandered away from the faith. And have pierced themselves with many pangs. Hmm. This morning. Paul is trying to trace this many desires that are bad for us, many desires, all evils, to the love of money as the root and the cause of these things. Why does he desire to be rich? Why does the desire to be rich just not, not just result in one desire, but the love of money and the desire to be rich creates many ungodly bad desires? So no wonder we see these preachers Falling into all type of mori- immorality. It's inevitable. Because that root may have gotten broke off when they prayed the sinner's prayer or whatever. Turned over a new leaf. But that, the axe was never put to the root of what the Bible says is the root of all evil. And that's the love of money. My God. We don't realize how, how vastly more this thing is. The Bible says it is the root of all evils that men do paul's looking and tracing the multiplicity of desires that flow from the desires to be rich down deep to a root that accounts for many because it accounts for all love of money how does the love of money do all of that because money is of no value in itself my son jonathan talks to me about crypto and all of this stuff What's his name? I can't think of his name, you know, who invented the Tesla and has rockets and all that. I mean, he's got his own currency now. It's all, all this different currency. I want to tell you, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I'm glad I don't because I'd probably be taken advantage of by somebody. But it's desirable only because it's the cultural symbol which can be traded for the many desires that we have. I got this here. I want this because this is going to buy me all of these desires that I have. But it can't be traded for godliness or God. The love of money in Paul's mind is talking about and corresponds to the root longing for the things that money can buy minus God. It's the stuff that you can buy minus God, now, but forget about God. That's why all these many desires, the Bible says, will plunge you into ruin and destruction. If I have a good desire, good desire a godly desire, it don't destroy nothing. It brings life and increase. Do you hear what I just said? It brings increase. i got to tell you, the economy of God is the way to go. Not loving loving money loving god's the way to go when you've got god blessing you i'm going to tell you what you'll get further on ten dollars than a man can get on a hundred the bible says all evils come from that root desire no exceptions it's the essence of sin and the root of all sinning is this romans 323 falling short of the glory of god or to put it another way is sin is exchanging god for the creation Worshipping the creation instead of worshiping God. It's preferring anything above God. It comes from preferring or desiring things beyond God. If we desire anything in our lives that's, that is beyond or not for God's sake, then that desire is sinful. I believe excess is sinful. That's why the Bible says be temperate. Use self-control. I didn't just on, in eating. All sin, all evils come from the desire. This love, by love, for the currency of satisfaction of of fleshly desires minus God. Verse 10, look at the other direction. We uh, we look forward to the rest of the verse. That's what happened in the past. He said That will happen, but then he goes and says, For the love of money is the root of all evils. It is through this love of money that some have wandered away from the faith i got to tell you, I've sat right here and stood right here in this pulpit and watched it over and over and over and over and over again. That's why I say it's good to be poor because they can't finance their rebellion against God. Except nowadays, you can get, anybody can get credit. They go into debt, but well, they, they do it. Just the days we live in. But people who are blessed by God, God didn't bless us for us to err from the faith. Y'all believe that? Do you think he blessed you with money and you'd get a money just so you can, don't have to come to church and you can spend your money on vacation somewhere every daggum week and miss the house of God because you've got something different to do? What is that? If you were broke, you'd be in the house of God every week because you couldn't have entertainment anywhere else probably. I can't go to movies. We'll go watch Joel and Johnny up there, I guess. Y'all understand my principle I'm just talking about? That's what I always used to say with my son Josh. Jonathan too. My wife was be scared he was going to get killed in a car wreck. A drunk driver at nighttime. I said, honey, I can assure you that will never happen. Because she said after midnight, you know, I said, I can assure you never happen. Because unless that drunk driver comes down our road, down our driveway, through our front door, up the stairs and, and kills him in his bed, because his butt going to be in bed before 12 o'clock. Get yeah, it right, coach. That's the only way he's going to get, and that's how it is. Look, you take the money away from people. I I, I tell you, there's a a lady I know, and she left her husband to go on a drinking binge. That girl loves some wine, baby. She drank by the jug, and she took off. And he come to me, he said, I don't know what to do. I can't find my wife. I don't know where she's at. I said, well, how is she paying for this? He said, the credit card. I said, cut it off, and she'll call you immediately. He called the credit card company. They cut it off, she gets a phone call almost that quick. You cut the money off, and all of a sudden, see, people got so much money, they just do whatever they want to do. And it causes you to desire things and do things that you normally wouldn't be doing. You know, don't y'all know that's the truth? Now, that don't mean people that are blessed and have wealth. See, I think wealth is different than rich. Wealth is what God's allotted to you. But what happens is people don't, aren't satisfied with the wealth of God, which would always be more than enough. It'll always be more than enough to do everything you need to do and to even give to those that are poor. Always enough. So I'll get this one them to do. I'm going to do this. I'm going to work this job. I'm going to work that job. I'm going to do this. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Why? Always because, and this is what I believe is, because they never really have faith in God. They're still trusting in the arm of their flesh, and they don't trust God with their life and what he's willing to take care of him with. You know what it's like to me? It's like a woman who will leave her husband because he ain't buying her enough stuff. When she got closet full of stuff. Does your wife have a closet full of stuff? I ain't got nothing to wear. I got nothing to wear. I'm like, okay. Verse 9. He says... You'll err from the faith. Wonder, you'll wander away from the faith. Wander away. I'll tell you what, people have used the blessing of God in this house to finance their own rebellion. I'll say it and I'll keep saying it. God had a special season for us for men to start their own businesses. And I saw men whose, whose uh, first fruit offering went from $600 to $5,000, one week salary. And he got too big for his britches. He used that, I ain't doing that, I ain't doing God. Now you got to do this. He's a little guy. He had that Napoleon syndrome. You know, he's he going to have to be a tough guy. If he have just watched, if he would just let God keep doing what God wanted to do, it would have blessed him way beyond. Because then you get yourself with too many irons in the fire, and then you got to have more, and you got to have more. How many of you know it'll cause you to err from the faith? You're God blessing you even. Now listen to this. And they pierced themselves with many pangs. That means this they self afflicted self with sorrows. Oh, this is, you got everything in me, here you are, you got, can do anything you want, but guess what? Your children ain't saved, maybe. Or you have to deal with this kind of thing, a problem, and that kind of problem. I say this most of that is self inflicted by people who, in their heart, have the love of money. Because they don't want to have to deal with a, a family member that's hurting or somebody like that. They, they want to be free to go and live their lives. Hallelujah. And so verse 9 says it this way. Many, harmful and simple, many senseless and harmful desires. Let me tell you what I've seen. I've seen people who get money, get blessed. Now they're alcoholics. They say they're not alcoholics, but they drink. They drink and they drink, they drink, they drink. They never would have drank when they didn't have no money. I knew them when they didn't have no money. I knew people, didn't have, they didn't have no money. Now listen, am I saying you can't have a glass of wine? No, but some of you don't need to have a glass of wine. What I'm saying is people who in the face of God, they know that that act isn't just a normal act of a dinner or a nice glass of wine or something. It's an act of rebellion and it's substituting the work and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so guess what? Now you have, harm, you have harmful desires. People don't even come to church. That's a harmful desire. The desire not to come to church is a harmful desire. Do y'all hear me? Are y'all hearing me? And plunge them into ruin and destruction. Just step back. Because it will end in ruin and destruction. I can't stop it. I get up here and beg every week. I beg every week, please don't sin. Please don't do that. One, one guy said to me, he said, why are you preaching on sin all the time? I said, because people are sinning all the time. I mean, why, what are you kidding me? What are you, don't, I mean, if your defense is bad, work on defense. Right, coach? You know, we're going to say, okay, we're going to work on offense. Well, you're the highest scoring offensive team in the world. Oh, well, we're going to do some more offensive work. No, we're going to, this is what it's about. I don't care about how, feel, how you feel good when you leave here. I want you to get a well done when you stay here. And guess what? I have, I have given up money to speak the truth to people's lives. It's cost me money. But the problem is they can't, they're not in control of that. I've had them walk away. I've had them throw money in my face. You do this, you do that, blah, blah, blah. They ain't who pays my, my paycheck. I appreciate people who believe in what we're doing here. Y'all support financially. I love it, but I want to tell you what. Don't get confused. God don't need me to do this, and he don't need you to support me doing this. He'll get somebody else. I don't want nobody else to take my place. I want you blessed. And that's why I'm like this. I tried to, I tried to be different. I just can't do it. Verse 10. If you love money, is what the Bible says. Watch this. If you love money, you cannot serve God. Now, let me break this down into Hebrew. What part of no do you not understand? No. If you love money, and that don't mean you don't have it. I mean, you know, man, you've got a good job. Man, I'd love that. God blesses you. He wants to bless us. But he wants you to love him because he knows what love of money will do to you. If you love money, you cannot serve God. And if you're not serving God, if you cannot serve God, then everything you do is evil, sinful. How? Like I said, the love of money will cause you to wander away from the faith. I don't really love the things of God and the house of God and the importance of God. I tell you what, I'm looking forward to. I studied years ago about what it meant about being given to wine. I want to know what the Bible said. One lady the other day on Facebook who I know she was criticizing people for having tattoos and said they were going to burn in hell for having tattoos and she and she quoted leviticus where you can't mark your body it don't say tattoos it says don't mark your bodies up to other gods it was an act of worship is what that was and so you know i know i know people have tattoos so a lady put on there well if if that's the case then you know it's wrong to eat shellfish i mean right in the same chapter in the same book of the bible and this lady says yeah, well, uh, tattoos are different, basically, you know, tattoos. So I wanted to know what the Bible said. Because, see, we can't let people bring us under illegitimate authority. They want to bring us under their rules and, and, and their bondages. The Bible says that the people who can't eat the, the meat offered to the gods, that they were the weak ones. You hear what I just said? I'll preach on that one day. They were the weak ones. Well, we can't eat the meat under gods. So they tried to bring them under that. They tried to bring, uh, Peter tried to bring the Gentiles under not eating pork and the Levitical law. The weak people can't do certain things because they can't handle it, and they'll go into excess. That love of money, which is the root of all evil, you give them one beer, they're going to drink a six-pack. But this is what the Bible literally means about not giving to wine. You you can't be always looking, you can't be looking forward to Miller time. I use that as a commercial that used to come on. People who always, okay Lord, I gotta have a drink. I gotta do this. Oh, okay. And listen, let me tell you what is a flap in the face of God. Be careful when you say this. I need to have a drink so I can chill and relax. Instead of saying, I need the Holy Spirit. I need to see. See the Bible says they ain't worried about you drinking wine. It's, it, it's worried about you not being drunk and filled with the Spirit. When you get drunk on the Spirit, when you get filled with the Spirit, you're not gonna have to worry about sinning in other areas y'all hearing me today thank you the title of this message today is Lord away from the faith this love of money works its destruction by luring our souls to forsake the faith I can see it you know them you know who they are you've seen it we've watched it faith is the contented trust in Yeshua that Paul referred to when he said this look verse 6 Godliness, godlikeness, being like God, choosing to be like, with contentment is great gain. What's great gain? What's success? It's me being contented with being godlike and doing what He wants me to do, where He wants me to do it, how He wants me to do it, with how much He's given me to do it with. So I don't have bake sales, a cakewalk. Just give the five dollars, true? I have a cakewalk. Man, y'all ain't smiling at me today. I need some smiles up here. I need some smiling up here today. Faith has contentment in all circumstances. What about the bad report from the doctor? I have contentment because I have faith. I have Christ, the anointed one. He makes up for every loss that I may seemingly have. What I thought I lost, he will always give me gain because my contentment brings that. I'm going to tell you, that's why I'm called even Stephen. I lose a $100 bill, I'll find another one somewhere else. That's how God operates for you. Listen to what he said in Philippians 3. I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Yeshua, my Lord. All of this is lost. Yeah. You, did you lose that, Johnny? Yeah, I lost it. I don't care. I have him. It's like, uh, you, I heard you lost your job, Johnny. Ah, uh, Yeah, I did. But I got a better job. Way better. You can wipe the sweat off my brow. All true virtue all true virtue grows from this root of resting in God, to rest in Yahweh. Without it, what we do, we perform our deeds not as an expression of Yeshua's all sufficiency that he's provided for us, but in order, we do it to make up for some deficiency that we feel because we have a lack of faith. Did you hear what I just said? Can I say it again? You write that down and go home and think about it. I said, virtue grows. From this root of resting in Yahweh. And without it, we perform our deeds not as an expression of Yahweh's all-sufficiency. We're not doing things because we know He's going to provide everything for us. He's going to do it. He's always done it. He's never failed us. And He's done it exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or think. That's my expectation. But we do it, now our deeds are in order to make up for the deficiency that we have and the deficiency that we feel because we have a lack of faith. So guess what's going to happen? I just don't believe it's going to work. So what? I'm going I'm to step in here and then I'm going to do things and all those are going to lead to evil. Paul said it this way. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Now, I want you to stop a minute. The love of money prevents me from proceeding in faith. Why? Because I love money, and I'm going to take the money and my trust in the money to to do what I need that I won't done the desires that I have. And the Bible says it's those desires that will lead you away from the faith, and it will it will cause you to inflict yourself with sorrow. You can't do it. So whatever doesn't proceed from faith, what's that? Trusting in God and not loving money. Loving God. What does it mean? All evils. All evils rise from the soul that has been lured away from the faith when i don't have faith and i don't believe god my and i love money and i love i'm gonna i'm gonna do these things and all of a sudden every evil is going to come into your life the every bad fruit you're going to start bearing and a lot of people you're victims of those things today because you're afraid and, and now you, you're in the, the crosshairs and in the development of this fruit in your life, and you can't get out of it. And when you try to pull it up, it just breaks off at the knuckle. That's what Paul says. That's what the love of money does. Through this love of money, people wander from the faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Only evil comes from faithlessness. I don't have faith therefore I don't trust God therefore I trust money and and the things that I can do in my own power and ability and it's robbing us from everything that God really has for us and we should be growing this fruit but we can't and we get lukewarm we're not interested you can't serve God and money hello you can't love God and money so whether we focus on the way 1st Timothy relates backwards that we talked about or the way it relates forward the conclusion is all the same no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise the other and you can't serve God in money that's what Matthew 6 says I think that's pretty simple Yeshua in that scripture is using that word and the idea of serving synonymous with loving You cannot love God and money, and you cannot serve God and money. If you cannot serve God, then everything you do is ungodly and ungodlike. That's what evil and sin is. It's anything that we do out of loving service to Yahweh. Why am I doing this for loving service to Yahweh? Why am I doing that? Loving service to Yahweh. Love of money is the root and the causes of all these things and problems in our life by